following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. On episode 8 of the Slash Cloud Podcast, agility in the cloud and what questions you need to be asking. Welcome to the Slash Cloud Podcast, brought to you in association with CloudedIssues.com. The goal of this show is really simple, to help me, to help you flatten the learning curve and be your anchor, so the cloud doesn't carry away the focus from what you want to achieve in your business. On this podcast, I'm bringing over seven years of experience in the cloud services field to help you see through the sales speak, clear away the mists of marketing, and in an agenda-free manner to break down the reality of what the cloud can do and mean to your business in an easy-to-understand way. I'm your host, Ian. What I want to talk about on this week's episode of the podcast is the idea of cloud making your company more agile. I'm starting to notice as we sort of shift more towards away from a, a system operations team to, to more DevOps-based teams that the word and the phrase of agility is starting to be thrown more and more now into sort of cloud marketing as it's going out there, especially uh, when you're seeing it on the road from salespeople and dealing with uh, companies who have uh, dealt with other folks in the same field as well. And I think one of the biggest fallacies right now out there in relation to sort of agility in cloud is that cloud will make your company more agile. And it usually comes along the lines of, oh, you will have better access to analytics and numbers and data that'll help you make you more agile you'll be able to spin up spin down services and be agile and responsive to things and my personal favorite which i always love and i think it's a great one for people to get their hands on and and to start uh, biting down on and, and and get them in there is you'll save on capital expenditure uh, and that will allow you to be more agile financially. And I think that's such a, that one for me is always the good one. The whole thing about the money saving thing. If, if money saving is the only pillar you're able to go on, you've lost the argument in my books. And you know what? Each one of those on their own is a stretch of reality. When you compound them, you're stretching reality almost to breaking point. I mean, let's take the first one there. You'll have access to data and analytics. and You know, who doesn't like numbers? But I've always said, unless you've got someone who can make sense of them, or you can provide a context for them, or be able to put them into a context which makes sense and make them useful and make them serve you, as opposed to you working to generate numbers, you know, they're meaningless. They have absolutely no place and they serve no purpose other than being self-serving in themselves. And that, I think that's one of the biggest problems that you actually encounter with this argument about cloud making your company more agile. I mean, if you turn around, let's just go into, say, how do you know provider A's cloud services are actually going to save you money? If you just take the data of, oh, we'll save you 10% on your current costs, how do you know it's actually going to save you 10%? Do you actually have a proper handle on what your costs are right now in terms of what each of those services, when you break it down on a macro level, what is the cost of them now versus what's the cost of them going to be in the cloud and then there mean the real costs i'm not talking about the upfront savings of shifting stuff from capex to opex i think too often we get sort of caught up in this argument and we're talking about moving people into the cloud that oh you start shifting stuff out of capex into opex and of course it's always that simple 
It, but it's never really that simple. There's far more in play with that. I mean, the other sort of thing is it comes into you talk, talking about data and numbers. And the other thing is, you know, that if you move to X, Y, or Z provider, um, they will actually help you increase your productivity and contribute to your business. I mean, again, unless you understand how what you currently have right now contributes to your business in terms of productivity and you're actually able to quantify it properly and quantify it in a way that is, makes it comparable to what happens when you move to cloud provider or X, Y, or Z, you know, again, the, the, that statement of the ability to uh, make you more productive and and do it on a on a numeric basis to be able to say, well, this is a numerically superior way to be more productive. Unless you can actually quantify it, again, it's meaningless. And I often think that when you start breaking down these uh, these sort of throwaway lines that you tend to see in cloud marketing, uh, and I, I call it cloud washing in one respect because it is an actual, it's not the truth. It's actually something which is being dressed up to appear as being truthful. And I'm not saying people go out of their way to be dishonest, but I do think there is an element of uh, slick willyism to it. And it almost sort of comes back to the very old adage of knowing the difference between a quick sale and a relationship engagement from your vendor of choices representative. Like when you're talking about engaging in a new business relationship with a company, uh, I mean, understanding that it is a two-way reciprocal process. Not only are you getting services, like you should also at the same time be getting something which helps you make sense of what your current business predicament that helps add value to a solution of your current business predicament. I mean, it's very easy to look at the ver- the upfront costs and go, well, hey, this is costing me X and this is costing me and but their price is Y. Yes, Y might look attractive, but Y uh, what does Y actually give you compared to X? What are you actually getting for it? And starting to break that down. Uh, and I think this is one of the problems that you often have. Um, you've got companies who are right now, they are trying to capitalize on the current sort of mood around cloud computing and the sort of, I would say the growing acceptance. And like the train has left the station at this point where, and it's gone past its first stop. It's gone past the second stop. It's still not at, at its final, final destination. But you know what? It's on the tracks. It's getting there. It's having a great journey going there with cloud. But I do think that, um, there is a certain amount of, understanding the relationship between what you're getting and what you currently have right now that needs to be done, especially when you're sort of coming into the idea of agility. No, the ability to be responsive, the ability to be dynamic, being able to service your business and ultimately your customers better as a result of it uh, and be able to sort of, and off the back of that again, be able to be more profitable as a result of the successes you're getting out of those. I mean, one of the biggest problems I have with the entire argument and discussion around agility is understanding whether or not, firstly, you have an organization which is agility orientated and whether it's actually in the DNA and the culture of the business to be agile. It's all very well, sort of, you have this either a DevOps team or you have a sysadmin team who all of a sudden they want to be agile, they want to be productive, unless the rest of the business is able to go along with that and it allow you to be end. Like, agility has got to be almost like a state of mind. It's almost like 
everyone has got to be focused towards it. You can't just have one part of the business focused towards being agile and then the rest of the business not having that. I do believe that it's something which has to be a mindset throughout the entire business, especially if you're talking about where you're shifting your business critical systems or you're shifting part of your business infrastructure into someone else's environment and understanding the trade-offs that are actually happening as a result and how your responsiveness is going to change. And again, that responsiveness changing, how does that impact your current levels of agility, for example? Does it make you less agile? Does it kind of put you at a loose end where you're almost... um, your ability to complete that cycle of agility or be able to just say, be able to get the points that you need to get to, are you now hampered because you're at a third, you're waiting on a third party on the other side and hoping that they're going to keep their end of the deal based on the SLAs? And I think that's one of the problems with this is understanding whether agility in your organization is aspirational or whether it's actually in the DNA. I mean, cloud will not provide fertile soil for agility to grow in. If it's not there, it's not going to all of a sudden make it happen. It's not suddenly going to make you pivot your business. I mean, it, there is that always that possibility that it's going to sort of trigger off some sort of um, change in mindset in the business of going, hey, well, if we're shifting this out here, we can now focus on trying to do this differently and this differently rather than being t- caught up in, in the other aspects of things we were in the past. I mean, there is always that possibility that always exists. I mean, that's what I would argue that that exists whether your company is in the cloud or goes to the cloud or not. There is always some point which can make your business or there's a, a, a let's call it like a wake up call. I think it's the best way of putting it is that company gets a company gets a wake up call for that. I mean, here's the deal with agility. Agility is based on a business needs and its day-to-day requirements and what it wants to achieve, in not just in the short term, but also at the long term as well. I often say that like, if so, a business is all of a sudden uh, going into the cloud and they're hoping that this is going to help make them agile without sort of any other changes structurally in the business to help support that... I would say this is akin to trying to get an oil tanker at full load to stop and turn around in a circle no bigger than its own length. That's just impossible, and I don't think that's it. I think it's a it's a false goal to have, and I think it's one which is oh you're always going to fall short on us trying to get so cloud being in the mix or not. I think it's it's not going to you're not going to be able to do that unless it's it's all the way in there. I mean, if cloud is actually to enhance or encourage agility. The understanding has always got to be there that this too is also going to come with its own associated costs. And those costs, again, need to be quantified. Um, I mean, I'll give you a great example for this. Say you've got a team of people who you have spinning up servers all the time and you don't want them spinning up servers and doing all the patching and everything else. You would just want someone else to take care of that. Okay, so what do you lose as a result of that? Do you lose some of the quality control? Do you lose some of the checks and balances that you have in place to make sure that systems are rolled out correctly? Do you now need to have your guys go and verify that when you get an image that it is correct? So are you changing stuff in terms of your processes? How do those changes to your processes and how you go about your business actually affect your ability to be agile? Do they increase it? Do they hamper it? Are there additional steps? Are there points at which you're like, okay, my our agility is compromised as a result of doing parts of this? In which case, do you sort of dial back on what you're actually doing with provider X, Y, or Z uh, to try and maintain that agility? And then, and what's the cost offset in terms of internally in the business? 
Uh, I mean, this is one of the things that you also need to sort of look at that. Okay, so we're already an agile business. We're going into the cloud, and this is now going to sort of strengthen the strings already in our agile bow. So it's going to help make us more agile than we already are. So we think we're getting, we've run all the numbers in terms of like how this is going to make us more agile. And then the next part of that comes into is, from this change, can all parts of your business now support the this newly enhanced agility once the go button's been hit? So say it's for your infrastructure team and you've added something in the cloud for them. So they're now able to be far more agile, far more responsive and uh, and far more proactive in what they can what they can do. So does their productivity increase? How does that knock on other parts of the business? Are they able to respond to that? And what do you need to do to help enable them to be uh, able to respond to that sort of increase in agility, responsiveness and um, productivity? Is there sort of other things you need to start spending on? Is there education that you need to start engaging? Is there, you need to start looking at revising processes? So it's not just a case of, well, I've just enabled an agility. I've put uh, Department X into the cloud. My job is done. Everyone go home. My job's done. We're going to be more agile as a result tomorrow morning. Woohoo! doesn't always work like that. Uh, and I think it's something that you have to actually start looking at. I mean, if you're an agile company, you start going into the cloud for whatever reason, whatever type of platform, whatever as a service model you decide to go is. What are the knock-on effects of making that choice? Can the rest of the business actually support that? And more importantly, when you start bringing in cloud, cost is always brought into it as a discussion and part of the discussion as well as what are the costs to actually support this new increase in agility that you have in the business. So again, that's another cost which, again, your your cloud sales representative may not be able to help you quantify, but it's something that you yourself need to start looking at as well. I mean, sure, cloud gives you access to tools that can aid agility. And as I said, it can provide a strength and strength for your already-in-use agile bow where you're just able to fire things and make stuff happen in your business, and that's important. I mean, agility in business always comes at a price, and I do believe it comes at a cost as well. And a price and cost are two different things. And I think it's something that, again, you need to always be cognizant of. The price is one thing, but what is the actual cost? And cost comes into things like, what's the opportunity cost? What's the cost in time? An awful lot of businesses these days are actually time poor. So does moving to the cloud in terms of if you're an agile business and you're already time poor... How does this affect your poorness in that? So what's the cost and impact to that to you? And I do believe that there is a point in a business that, and this is a personal belief, I believe agility actually ceases. And I think this happens when a business actually grows to the point of of it becoming like a heavyweight in its industry. I believe startups by their very nature are geared towards agility. I think it's as they those businesses grow and they start having more customers, there's revenue on the line and they're trying to keep far more plates spinning than they than the few that they had at the start and being able to spin. I think that's when agility ceases and I think what you're looking at that point is you're not moving for agility. You're actually you're moving away from being a sprinter to actually being like a long distance runner and a relay runner as well at that. Um, and here's the other thing. I believe that some startups 
when they actually, or when maybe not when they're startups, maybe when they're in their first year, second year, when they get acquired by a much bigger entity, I usually find that, and it's my own experience in this in the last couple of years where I've dealt with some really dynamic companies and hugely agile as well in the way that they go about their business, um, that when they've been acquired by larger companies, the native cultures are often sort of replaced by those of the new owners and you suddenly start finding the dynamicism has changed. The dynamic in the company itself has changed as well uh, because they're no longer this sort of really hungry company that's going. They're now part of a much bigger machine um, of which now that machine, that now has got to integrate. It's almost like the Borg, you know. We will add your distinctiveness to our own and I think that very much happens. And if you look at any sort of, uh, any of the... Uh, sort of the the startups in the last three four years who've been who've come out of nowhere come out the blocks running hugely agile hugely dynamic hugely uh responsive and progressive you found that when they've been bought over by larger companies that um not so much anymore and it starts to wither away and die and again it's a very different type of dynamic that happens in the business so what happens after that and Again, this comes into sort of the idea of planning to go into the cloud um, and not just relying on the sales guy or salesperson sitting in front of you who you can, again, identify that they're pushing for a quick sale as opposed to getting into a full engagement to actually help you understand your costs. I mean, salespeople generally, they don't... In an ideal world, they would all love a very quick sale to turn around. And I say this myself as having worked previously as an account manager. Sometimes you always want that quick turnaround because you've got one eye on trying to do the very best for your client and the very best for your customer and make them happy. But on the other side of that, your ability to be able to stay in that position and keep them uh, happy and to keep them as a customer and keep the rest of the customers that you have happy and as customers as well is also predicated on figures which are on a sale board and targets and sometimes the balance between the two of those are lost especially when we're in a world now where uh, for cloud stuff the turnaround times are not as quick as as you as previously might have been done where people where you could hook them with the hey let's save some money we're now like into a couple of years of the global recession it's generally accepted the idea of saving money is one thing but now companies in terms of like being financially poor the time poorly in the side of it is even worse. So when you're in there and you're trying to get a pitch going and you're trying to build a relationship, um, they're already time poor as it is. And there is that balance of trying to help them get the sale and help them in, with, in the way that they actually need to be helped as well. Um, and here's the thing, I just not to digress too much off this topic of how um, cloud and agility are linked or not linked, I don't believe cloud brokerage services are going to help you in this respect in terms of time poorliness. I mean, to me, cloud, this is me going out in the limb and I'm probably going to get like a bit of a backlash for this, but I do believe cloud brokerage services aren't required. I think it's an unnecessary middleman in one respect. I mean, the entire point of everything being online and being able to be online is um, going to, I mean, look, without getting into that, uh, initially, let me just say up front, cloud brokerages services in terms of providing helpful advice to people who are trying to find their way and navigate what the hell they can do in the cloud with who and how and trying to understand that. Yes, they work great as that. 
But in terms of a middleman handshake, or as in, hey, you've come to me, now I want you to meet company A, and you're going to now, this is the relationship you need to start having with them. I do believe as an introduction means, uh, I think that model is somewhat outdated, and I do think it's somewhat unnecessary. I think it overcomplicates the process when there's already enough um, FUD out there in terms of the marketing. I think the sales messages very often are horrible. I think they're very trite. I think they are very... Um, sales guys and marketing guys clapping each other on the back for how clever these are as opposed to actually giving something of use and something of value to people who are trying to make head or tail of it and I mean again people who are looking to add put cloud into their business they don't wake up in the morning and go you know what I need to put my business in the cloud they're not thinking that they're thinking a million other things which have nothing related to the cloud is like Hey, my guys are spending far too much time on X, Y, and Z. I need to find a way to cut the time down so I can get my deliveries out quicker or deliver my services quicker or better um, so I can then make more money and then it costs me less in terms of uh, the amount of hours we're tying up in these things. They're worrying about a million other things to do with their business. They don't care about what your marketing says. I mean, your marketing, if anything, might be something which makes their ears prick up. I mean, that's the entire point. Marketing is nothing more than something which allows people to stick their head up and go, oh, sorry, you were saying what? That's all that does. Um, but I do think sort of going in with the old hook of, oh, we'll save you, we'll save you money, we'll help you shift your shit from... Uh, CapEx into OpEx will help you do that or will help you get you more data to help you understand what's going on. Yeah, that's great. Provide me more data. But if I've got no one in my organization that can help me understand it, it's failed. In terms of, oh, well, if you do this, it'll make you more agile. Well, unless I can understand how it can make me more agile, how can you say it's going to make me? Because you don't even understand my business. I work in my business. You don't. How do you understand it? Uh, again, these are sort of questions that people need to ask, and it comes down to a very, very simple thing. If someone is approaching you on the premise of saying, hey, cloud will help make your business more agile, start sitting down and asking yourself real questions and asking yourself questions about things that, when there's a statement made, go back to yourself and go, hey, how could I, am I able to quantify this in my business right now? And find start. It doesn't matter if you don't fully know how to try and quantify it. Try and break it down. See how far you're getting being able to quantify it. And then question the veracity of the figures that you're getting in terms of when someone says to you, oh, this will make you X percent more productive. This will make you X percent more agile. This will save you X percent. Does it really save you X percent? Find out what it actually means. Start, I mean, it's it's all very well and good sort of looking at these things and go, oh, that's great. Start figuring out what it is. Um, and that is the important thing. I mean, that is, in terms of agility, you can't really be agile unless you understand why you need to be and what makes you agile in the first place. And then finding out what cloud in itself contributes to it one way or the other 
Again, I'd love to hear people's feedback and their experiences with, if they're in, if you're in an agile business and you've moved stuff into the cloud, how has that helped your uh, agility? How has it hindered it? Are there things that were a surprise to you? Were there things that you were able to discover additionally off the back of it? Um, is it something that you regret? Is it something that you're actually quite happy about? Let me know. Send an email to show at cloudedissues.com. I'd be very interested to know. Um, then maybe we can gauge in some feedback. If you waltz, you can send me a response also on Twitter, at Clouded Issues. Until next time, I've been Ian, you've been you, and keep in the cloud.